Welcome to Tea with Culture. I'm Hin Mazena, and in this episode, I'll be talking to Hadia Badri about her uh, new solo exhibition, The Body Keeps the Score, currently at Tashkil in Dubai, and it's on uh, till the 13th of May. Hi, Hadia. Hi, Hin. Thank you very much for having me. Congratulations on your exhibition. Uh, thank you for walking me through it and sharing the stories and the ideas behind it and, and kind of the process, which, yes, it is, it's a deeply personal exhibition. And if you can tell us about it. Um, the exhibition is the culmination of my um, participation in Tashkil's critical practice program uh, that lasted uh, eight months. And through this program, I, I had the opportunity to work with two uh, mentors, uh, Roderick Grant and Dr. Uh, Alexandra McGill, uh, to, produ- to produce this uh, body of work. Um, well, the, the work... Um, is very personal. Um, the title of, of uh, the exhibition, The Body Keeps the Score, is derived from a book with the same uh, title that talks about uh, trauma. I started this uh, body of work as an act of commemoration. I uh, wanted to... Um, I collected my late aunt's uh, objects out of fear that she'd be forgotten. Um, so I collected with this compulsion. Um, I, I, I couldn't rationalize why I did what I did, but I just knew that when she passed away, I needed to hide her diaries and uh, mm-hmm. gather uh, things from her room. And uh, I ended up with three suitcases that I hadn't touched for a long period of time. They'd just be sitting there in my room. And um, so the the... the the starting point of the critical practice program was me having to face them, these objects, and overcoming this barrier of facing them for me to be able to produce work uh, about her. Um, And that's how it started. And prior to her passing away, I know you spent a lot of time with her. There were lots of times in the hospital in the UAE, abroad, and, and I think you were maybe one of the family members that witnessed a lot of her, uh, <coughs> of her time spent in the hospital and, and seeing that. And I know that took its toll on you, and, and, and that would take its toll on anyone, you know, especially seeing a loved one, you know, a relative, and kind of in, in these very dire medical conditions and how to help and, how, you know, and to be there. And I think it's important that you were there. Um, it's one of the painful things to deal with, right? Death of a family member, and uh, especially a close family member. And so I was interested because I knew this work was delving into that, and I was curious to know what kind of work I would see. And what I saw was really what it, it surprised me because it wasn't necessarily like I know it's personal and it's about your aunt, but just from a, a visitor's point of view, I looked at it, and there is it's it looks really clinical, and you've captured. The, the feeling and the mood of dealing with long-term illness. So whether it's in the hospital or the doctor appointments or at, at home. And, and you touched upon it's also talking about the institution of medical care. I'm going to talk a little bit about my aunt. Um, she uh, had Parkinson's for over 18 years. And um, in 2014, uh, she developed uh, heart complications. And so we rushed uh, to London 
um and that's where it started and and uh ended the next year in august uh when she passed away in dubai growing up i'd observe her picking up activities uh that would turn into rituals and these rituals would help her uh gain control um she she'd insist on using the part of her body that uh troubled her so she had tremors in her hand because of parkinson's so she'd insist on using her hands she'd write uh crochet knit stitch uh garden and compulsively make jam um and i i, I think the, these sort of activities were activities she could control and predict and uh for for a lot of people they're mundane things but for her they were achievements um so this idea of ritual was there in every part of her life uh her her medication every 3 hours uh a 20 minute nap uh marching and then an activity and 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 this was her life for a long long time um what well, fast forward and I mean in a hospital setting you notice that there are similarities uh and a lot of differences um between a hospital environment and uh, a domestic environment I mean you're all they're, they're always trying to cancel each other or obliterate each other uh you you always try to hang things on the wall in the hospital to make the space more homey uh but you're always constantly reminded that um it's not it's not home um and i think the exhibition is is mainly about this 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 confrontation of the clinical and the domestic yes i definitely felt the clinical aspect that's from the start of the exhibition just walking through this empty corridor where you it brings in that feeling when you're walking in a long corridor in a hospital and you know you're going to visit someone or you're going to hear bad news um but it also starts with a beautiful photo of your aunt and uh and I'm where she's dressed in this beautifully colored uh thobe she looked really young um uh, and I was interested to know is that like the memory you have of her like is that how you want her to always be remembered like that's the photo at a time where she was young and active when i was collecting uh her objects um the first thing i did with them was put them in systems and these were objects i've collected um from different parts of her room they weren't gathered together i just picked things up and put them in a suitcase and that's it um i noticed that there are a lot of photographs of her and there in all of them she was standing alone uh and in retrospect i think it it it's emotionally charged for me because she never married she never had children and she'd always say um i i i knew she always she felt like she wanted uh children and 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 a family yeah i mean i love this photograph because she's wearing a beautiful beautiful dress it's it feels like she's going to a wedding and her eyes are closed um i i like to remember her happily but I mean my my memories of her are um I remember her in her last days uh and 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 her struggle there the my memories are still very painful um but but I I I I hope I'll get there and then moving beyond that 
personal old photo that's the start of the exhibition and then we move into a space where now we see kind of the 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 conflict of materials so there's the delicate threads and the act of stitching but that also looks like violently or you know done on on uh, yeah very aggressive yeah that's uh, a better way of describing it and and you've chosen materials like banana leaves which have deteriorated so kind of the act of deterioration and um and also where you've casted like latex on skin so like something that looks like human skin and you've embroidered it and and it's um stretched into this embroidery hoop and uh where the act of the the ritual the stitching that you talked about to your aunt but it's also on these materials and and some of the stitching is also on these latex gloves that you also see in the hospital disposable isolation gowns that visitors are asked to wear when they're visiting a sick, a sick one and, and with that it's also kind of personalizing it so again bringing where you talked about trying to bring the domestic in a medical space and, and what does that mean? And and to me, I also was intrigued with the language that you talked about, especially in in communications with the doctors or in the letters or in the emails that you have that you also have hung up in um, in the exhibition. And what kind of words are used? And you talked about how they describe, you know, the veg- vegetative state, you know, and you used like there's symbols of vegetables in the exhibition. So can you touch upon that? Uh, yes. Um I mean, her photograph is, is, is the homage. It's the only thing that's, that points out to her. Um, and then the, the work you see after going through this long corridor um, speaks more about her experience, but not directly of her. So if someone didn't know my backstory, that's how they'd make sense of the work. Um, and I mean... From uh, stitching, the act of stitching will will always evoke um, memories of her stitching, but also of the large um, chest wound post uh, cardiac surgery. She had sutures, um, and at, at some point in the process, I questioned: Okay, is stitching different than suturing, and is it important uh, that I make the distinction? Um, and that's where the bigger question of my research came, where it asks, um, w- I mean, what's the, w- how, how do you confront the clinical and the domestic? Um, and how different or similar are they? Um, so with the, the, there's a lot of organic and inorganic material uh, in, the, in the exhibition. Um, I looked at medical action verbs and how they can be how they could forcibly uh, be performed on objects where they're not supposed to be performed on, such as latex gloves. Um, there are some medical reports and correspondences with some doctors. And these correspondences highlight the um, very, very cold uh, medical language uh, and how the human body is looked at as uh, more of an object than a, a lived experience. Um, so the whole exhibition, I think, pokes at this, this the medical institution and how they somehow dehumanize uh, the body or the act of um, dying. You mentioned earlier that this exhibition has come about after eight months of being involved in the critical practice program, which uh, involved you 
dealing and discussing with your mentors and research time, obviously, and reading material. And I'm curious to know, during this process, when did it start? When did these ideas start formulating? What started off, as you said, collected objects that are your aunts and what could have easily been a display of these objects and voila, that's the exhibition versus transforming what these objects mean to you, what the experience you've gone through, what you've witnessed, what the experience your aunt has gone through, and transforming to something that I think speaks to a more universal um, subject. Like you said, this isn't just about your aunt. The photo is the only thing in, that we see that indicates your aunt. But if you don't look at that photo and look at the rest of the work, there's something deeper. Uh, and I'm curious to know, I'm always interested with artists and their process and at what stage things start to take shape and and what were the challenges for you or and I'm sure there were challenges and you know and how did you overcome them well the the, the first challenge was overcoming the barrier of confronting these objects uh, but after that was overcome um, the second challenge was okay how do I go beyond this very personal narrative my biggest fear was uh, that I'd sound very melodramatic, um, and that, and that wasn't my intention. I didn't want people to take that away as a message when they left the exhibition. I wanted the work to speak of her, uh, really, of her experience. And um, I, I mean, the the it wasn't. I don't have a, a straightforward answer for how I got there. I just knew that my research question started as, okay, am I able to create a body of work that talks about incomprehensible and visceral feelings of loss? It started from there to, okay, what's the difference between stitching and suturing? Um, and to stitching is a very domestic activity, suturing is a, is a medical activity, but they come together uh, and maybe one inspired the other and up to, okay, what's the difference between the clinical and the domestic? And sometimes they overlap uh, in, uh, either at our home when we have a loved one that's, that's suffering or in a hospital um, when we have to wait, uh, this uh, inhumane act of waiting and waiting and waiting and, and, and confronting uh, doctors and the illness. I mean, the research question kept changing and the materials I was engaging with uh, changed. So I started with archival material to, okay, um, to looking at medical reports and uh, the medical report, I mean, revisiting the medical reports and then re like making, taking notes of things that I remember bothered me, such as the word vegetative. Uh, and how I'd hear people describing someone that's in a very low conscious state as a vegetable. Um, and so from there, there was a lot of interaction with fruits and vegetables. And then slowly latex to evoke the skin, leaves. Um, and then at some point, I um, I had gathered uh, bag, plastic bags from pharmacies and hospitals and I, uh, like when my aunt was still alive, I noticed that, that these bags have really strange taglines. And these taglines were things I normally wouldn't have um, paid attention to. I mean, they're just there. 
but that things like much more than medicines. And in that state, um, the last thing I felt was secure. I felt like everyone's lying to me and things are not going to be okay. If anything, it felt very sinister. Um, and I mean, this is the... I, I, I don't know what other word to use than dehumanizing. Um, how do you talk to someone who's suffering that way? You just say much more than medicines. That's what we're offering you. Um, but I, but these statements were everywhere. So how do you take them out of context so people can notice that this is inappropriate? And then you start to, to notice the language being used around the hospital, in the brochures, in promotional material. Um, why is everything masked by flowers and leaves? It says breast ultrasound. Why is there a leaf uh, on the cover of the brochure? Um, I mean, and then at that point, I had to stop producing and focus on, okay, how am I going to exhibit the work? How do, how does the work, um, the separate works, how do they speak uh, to each other to communicate this larger message? And accompanying the exhibition is a publication. I'm not sure if you describe it as a catalog, but again, it's a book that could be a standalone object because it's not just images of the works in the exhibition, but there's a lot of writing that I think you've invited contributors to be part of. And I think images of objects that belong to your aunt as well, and some of them I think were letters. And so, yeah, could you tell me more about the idea behind this? Um, the, the, the catalog um, functions on its own. Uh, even if, like, once the exhibition is over, the catalog itself is, a, is an object. Um, the, there are three essays in there. Um, there's a foreword by Reem Hassan, my best friend, and um, two essays by my mentors and my statement. Um, and in the catalog, there's more in the catalog than there is in the exhibition. The, it, it, it highlights uh, some of my process in the past eight months. And it shows some of my aunt's objects and maybe two photographs of hers. Um, the essays uh, talk about the process in detail. Um, so, And there's also a section called Works Consulted, so that anyone who's interested in the, the, the things I've been reading or the artists I've been looking at can go through. Um, yeah. Again, congratulations, Hadeya, on your solo exhibition. And I'm looking forward to what's next in terms of, uh, you know, your creativity and what kind of work you make. So, well done. Thank you for listening to this episode. You can subscribe, download, and listen to Tea with Culture on iTunes and SoundCloud. Please do take a minute to rate us to help with our rankings and leave a comment to tell us what you think. You can also follow Tea with Culture on Twitter. Thanks again. Until next time.